And this guy, guy ain't no gadget guy. This guy's the truth. The, the, the truth, the way, the light. John Fanner on the North Ohms at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What's going on, John? Gee, Bush, I am doing well. It's, it's always great to be with you. And we seem to pick up our, our traffic of calls right around the month of March or April and then through the, the dog days of summer, which is always fun uh, talking hoops, talking baseball, whatever it may be with you, uh, late night in the barbershop. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, no doubt, man. You know, I had to get to you, man. Shout out to you for doing a hey, listen. You're moving. I seen you. You moving big time on the NCAA. You moving up the ranks, my man. <laughs> I'm like, he's prime time <laughs> on this NCAA thing. Ain't nobody seeing him from the NCAA, man. Uh, great work. To, great work in, in March, in March and April, man. I, I, whew, I was like, man, here, listen, I'm going to have to keep your number on speed, dial. I'm going to have to call you a couple of times. He, you know, he out here moving. Um, <laughs> let me tell you but, something. I'm I'm moving just a little bit faster at this than I did as a polling left guard at St. Ignatius. There's a reason why that didn't last, my man. You know, so it's, it's funny when you find what your what your what your uh what your path is. <laughs> when you find what your what your your purpose in life is, everything seems to fall. You said, man, I should have been. Who should have? What we was out there doing two days for what? <laughs> <laughs> when my scout when my scout team quarterback came into the huddle. His eyeballs got real big when he looked at me at left guard. <laughs> that was that was his life flashing before his eyes, T Bush. <laughs> John, man, I tell you what, I, I really enjoyed. Um, I as I as I didn't watch most of the the, the opening round games. What I did enjoy sure. was getting to the elite eight in the NCAA tournament because I had a really good time. I just watching those guys, and they got down to the blue bloods, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to – the storylines was there. The st- all the storylines was was ripe for the picking. You had Villanova, who's kind of, you know, the, that Big East kind of power, you know, this, their story sure. history. Jay Wright has done the thing, their thing. Kansas is there again. Uh, obviously, you, you get the Tobacco Road situation with, with Duke and North Carolina. And, and what were your thoughts about, you know, that Final Four and the way things kind of turned out uh, in, in the NCAA tournament? I thought college basketball needed it and deserved this final four. Let's face it. The last couple of years on the sport have been tough and brutal at times. Last year, the final four gets held like the entire NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. It just didn't create the same level of buzz. It didn't. And Baylor comes out with a national title and no disrespect to Baylor, but they don't have the staying power that Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova have in college sports and in college basketball. Two years ago, Garrett, we didn't even have an NCAA tournament because that was literally right at the start of the pandemic. And in the midst of everything coming back, because that was at the very end of the college basketball season and they didn't reschedule it, college basketball got forgotten about and, frankly, has struggled to gain people's attention back nationally. We're in a world now where the NBA is going to dominate every morning. And if it's not the NBA, it's NFL free agency or the NFL draft. And I get that. It's what draws the most people. But for college basketball, this was such a vital, vital week for the sport. And I thought, Garrett, because a lot of people that will watch these games will say, man, it's not the NBA. The shot making in the NBA is on another level. And, and folks are right to say that. However, I thought that Duke and Carolina in that national semifinal game 
put on a display that the NBA can't hit in this particular way. The theater of Mike Krzyzewski on one sideline in his final ride. The theater of Hubert Davis. He takes the torch from Roy Williams. And Hubert's on his first ride as a head coach and has this Carolina team playing motivated basketball and and playing with a chip on their shoulder because everybody's counting on Duke to make it to the title game. You have Paolo Bancaro, who's going to make a living in the NBA for a long time. And you had star-studded college hoops talent, guys that are going to be in the NBA, but guys that represented the blue bloods of college hoops. Duke, North Carolina was the game college basketball needed. It delivered. And Villanova and Kansas delivered, and then Kansas to emerge as a national champion for the first time in 14 years. We have said that Kansas is a blue blood, but it had been a decade and a half since they were on the mountaintop. And so for Bill Self's program, what a moment. And, you know, we often talk about the one and dones, which I get, but Ochai Agbaji of Kansas was a four-year player who tested the waters. He came back to college. He made money off his name, image, and likeness, and he walks out of college winning a championship. There's no guarantee, G. Bush, that he'll win a championship in in the pros. There's no guarantee he'll have a pro career. But he goes out of college as a champion and as a guy who made some money. And that, to me, is what's right about college hoops. Yeah, I think think they're finally getting it right now. I think they're finally getting it right. I think college uh, basketball – uh, realizes, hey, look, man, it's it's no harm in letting some of these guys that are that are fringe guys make a little money off the name, image, and likeness. Come on back, you get a better product. Sometimes guys can come back and 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 make up that gap. Maybe take care of their family, put some food on the table, and still develop and give their them an opportunity to continue to showcase their talent, do what they love best. Uh, and did, and then do it at the highest level. So I, I really thought this, this was a, a great – and two great games, by the way. Uh, two great games in that. And, and talking about Bill Self in Kansas, um, is he now a, a neighbor, like a, a guy that's in that level? Uh, Jay Wright has won a few times, but Bill Self kind of gets overlooked when you talk about kind of on that, that, uh, that pantheon of the super elite uh, college basketball coaches. I agree with you. And I think that for a good while – Bill Self was not getting looked at 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 that level because of a variety of reasons. But for for a couple of years here, he has been unable to win the big one, to get his team to the top. And uh, he has been looped into an FBI investigation that has has hurt him and his program because, as we know, uh, the NCAA – and the, the allegations core that look into all this stuff, they take their time on these investigations, and I disagree <laughs> with that, but that's what happens. But that being said, that hurt Kansas. It hurt their recruiting. Frankly, I, I think that people thought Bill Self at one point or another could have been relieved of his duties uh, with the Jayhawks based on some of the things that were happening behind closed doors. But you know what? Uh, his administration stuck by him. He stuck true to himself, and he actually built this team differently than Duke, Carolina, Kentucky. Those teams have relied on the one-and-done, the five-star. Kansas didn't have one one one-and-done on their team this year. They don't have one guy that's going to hear his name called early in the draft. He developed talent. He kept talent. He was able to bring in a couple of impact transfers. But overall, what they had was a couple of guys who bet on themselves throughout their college career, Ochai Agbaji. David McCormick, Dewan Harris. And I'll tell you, Garrett, 
one thing that stood out to me about this March Madness, because I talked to a bunch of players, and if you're an 18 to 22-year-old kid out there, or if you're a 15-year-old like me who, who was listening to the fan in my high school days, I'd be listening late at night, hearing all the sports talk. Let's say you're a hooper out there. You're a football player. You're a baseball player. I'm going to give you the best thing that college basketball players told me during March Madness. They told me the grass isn't always greener on the other side when you transfer or when you move on or when you go pro. Worry about watering your own grass and then watch what happens. And these, what, what this March was like this time around was a lot of guys who worried about their yard, who watered their own grass, who didn't say, I'm tired of this coach. I'm transferring. I'm out. Look, you can transfer. You can transfer, but you have to be the one to change what you're doing. You have to be the one to change how you're playing. So my takeaway on this March was players who stayed committed to their school and stayed committed to who they were. And I thought Kansas best embodied that with their roster makeup. Talking to uh, John Fanner, um, and and he does some great great work with uh, with with the Big East uh, Big East Network as well. Um, been contributor on a lot of different places and platforms. Uh, and let let's kind of get to uh, the Major League Baseball. It looks like uh, the mm-hmm. Indians um, they lose tonight three to, or earlier today three to one on the road. Uh, however, they did something that we talked about a little bit. They actually spent a little money. What do you think went into the calculus with, 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 with Jose Ramirez? What, what, what did the, were, were the Indians trying to accomplish with that? Um, and uh, what, what do you like? Do you like the signing? And, and what were your thoughts when they, when they came out that they did sign him to a, an extension? I think the thought process was, if we don't sign Jose Ramirez to an extension, who the heck are we going to sign to an extension ever? That's the thought process that went, went on here with the Guardians. Let's face it, this offseason was tumultuous. It was not very good for this organization. They didn't go out and acquire any major talent. They didn't go out and do anything that said that they're trying to win a championship this year. So, with all that in mind, and the fact that their average age is 26, making it the fifth youngest opening day roster in Major League Baseball over the last 30 years. 30 years. Garrett, they only have two guys over the age of 30 on their opening day roster. That is extremely, extremely young. And so if if you don't have Jose Ramirez on your team, why are people going to the ballpark? Why are people investing in you? They had to get this done. And they got it done. And there needs to be credit handed to them because Jose Ramirez has given his heart and soul to this organization. And this organization has gotten criticized at times for watching their, their strong talent walk. But the fact is, Jose Ramirez deserves the most credit because guys like him don't walk around the Cleveland sports scene every day. He took a five-year million extension on Wednesday morning. He took a hometown discount because he wants to be in Cleveland, Ohio. That's different. That's different. We don't get those types of guys that just walk in. And credit goes to Jose, who's meant so much 
to the Cleveland Indians, now Guardians organization, and to the town. He has a cult-like following at games. You hear the Jose chants. The results speak for themselves, all-star appearances. He's the guy who delivered the one big hit today for this team. So for me, it says, look, it's what an organization should do. Reward your guys. They got him at a, at a discount because he wants to be in Cleveland. That's not common in sports today. So put some respect on Jose Ramirez and who he is. And for the Guardians organization, look, you applaud the fact that they got this done. It's as much money as they've committed to someone uh, that we've seen ever under this ownership group. And overall, it makes you feel a little bit better about where things are. But if they didn't extend Jose Ramirez, this offseason would have been looked at as a complete failure. They had to do something to give people a reason to be optimistic. I, I totally agree. I, I think that uh, if you weren't going to sign him, what, what was you doing? You was just going to sign a ham sandwich and, and chalk it up. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think this organization w- could have stood. You got to think about it. You come off the pandemic, then you come off the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already lost multiple. And I just thought about it from a standpoint of being like, man, uh, the other day it was uh, the Cleveland Sports Awards, and I saw CC Sabathia, and I'm like, man, <laughs> we, we didn't sign him neither. Like it's just it's the yeah, greatest true. hits. It's the greatest That's hits. True. Um, and, uh, I, I think, I, I think they, they made a calculated, um, decision to say, all right, if we want any drawing power, you know, it's already going to be a, a uphill battle to have any sort of, uh, you know, attendance numbers in, in, the, in the ballpark. Um, you know, there's, they're still trying to figure out what the names and the logo look like. Um, uh, I think they, the one solid thing that's been consistent was Jose Ramirez, uh, not yeah. the logo, not the hat, not the Guardian's name. The one thing they could hang their hat on was like, hey, at least we got this guy and, and Shane Bieber while he's still here. Uh, so I, I think they had to make that move. Uh, looking at uh, really quickly here, uh, looking at uh, the outlook on this this division and the outlook on the American League um, in general, what is your what is your you know preseason outlook on uh, on on this division? Uh, still got the White Sox and the Twins at the top of the division. I think sure. you know a lot of people would. Um, but do you see any dark horses that you you really like upstart teams that have uh, kind of you know flown under the radar and maybe some of the guys may be maturing and, and coming to age? Well, I think that the front runner in the division is obviously the Chicago White Sox, and if they get enough pitching they're just going to be so difficult to beat. This is Chicago's time. They've been building up for this with their young talent. So it's no surprise to, to see all the pieces come together. The White Sox should win this division, Garrett. Now, I think that the team that just made a deal with the Guardians in the last two hours is the team to watch in the American League, and that's the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays trading relief pitcher Anthony Castro to the Guardians for outfielder Bradley Zimmer earlier tonight. That, that says uh, even more uh, about just the fact that Zimmer never worked out with Cleveland. He was a guy that was always deep in potential, but he didn't produce enough results. And he never was able to find himself from an offensive standpoint. The Blue Jays are a team to watch. They're the dark horse in this division. They could be a team that gets to the World Series, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. So if you pour a future in on them, do it, because Toronto is loaded up with talent. Obviously, the AL East is the deepest division in the American League, 
Uh, Boston and New York will be the, the common factors there. We know that Tampa Bay is always going to be a team to, to be intrigued by. I think the Astros are the best team in the AL West. Uh, we'll see if Seattle can try to grow on what they had last year. But for me, I, I think that when you look at the American League and you look at where Cleveland is, if this team is hanging around the playoff picture, this year I'd be surprised. They are extremely young. Beyond Bieber and Ramirez on that roster, there's a heavy level of unknown. They're going to have trouble hitting. Today they score one run. So for the Cleveland Guardians, this is a year where this young talent, it's the younger, youngest roster Terry Francona has ever had to manage. How do they handle this? And can we see some of this emerging talent actually emerge this season so that this team can get back to being a contender next year? Sometimes you got to swallow your lumps in a smaller market. But one thing's for sure, Garrett, I'll leave you with this. It was really good to see Terry Francona back in that dugout today because he's had a lot of health issues. He has stayed committed to the Cleveland Guardians, and he's led them to some historic heights. He, he deserves the, the credit for everything he's done as the manager. I don't know how much longer he'll be doing it, I know one thing, it was good to see him out there today. John, thank you so much for coming on uh, with me tonight. I look forward to talking to you throughout the baseball season and continue to talk to you, um, you know, throughout the spring and the summer. And, uh, and uh, great work with what you're doing out there and really appreciate you. Garrett, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. All right, man. John Fenner on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Uh, of course, he's a you know college uh, sports play-by-play broadcaster at Fox Sports uh, in the Big East Network. 